0: and welcome to another brand new episode of Cinemaholics. I am your usual co-host, Will Ashton. Not your usual host, John Negroni from San Francisco, but you know what? I'll explain where he is, or rather where he's not. Uh, but first, let me introduce my good friend and special guest. You've heard him, hear him before. I call him our resident horror expert. You also know him from the Good, the Bad, the What podcast. He is none other than Ryan Oliver. Hey, Ryan, welcome back to the show. Hey, well,
1: thanks for having me. I, I think at this point you've installed like a bat signal on the Space yeah. <laughs> Needle. So in the event, it's like, hey, there's a new horror movie and John hasn't seen it. Come on. So uh, yeah. no, I'm honored as always to be on the show. Thanks for having yeah, me back.
0: Of course. Yeah, I mean, I feel like and I'm sure he'll fight this, but there's been a recurring pattern where the movies that he misses are usually horror films, which is why you're thankfully always available to come on and fill his place. But I'm getting the, the vibe. That he's maybe a bit of a of a wuss or something like he's just always coming up with these convenient excuses like, oh, I have to see my in-laws this weekend or, oh, there's a global pandemic like things that I don't know. It just feels like he's coming up with excuses for not seeing these movies like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it sounds suspect to me, to be honest. Yeah, uh, yeah for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, he talks about, oh, I can't see horror movies at night. I have to see him during the day. It's scarier the day. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not feeling it. I feel something's <laughs> up. But nevertheless, uh, he couldn't join us. He couldn't see the film on time. So I was very thankful that you were available. He we had seen the film uh, even before I did. So you uh, could make it work. And uh, I think that's for the better because it's going to be a fun talk.
1: Yeah, I look forward to it for sure. Um, you know, I I love the Evil Dead series, so I like this. This is going to be uh, this right in my wheelhouse. So yeah. I'm looking forward to get into
0: it. Oh, for sure, yeah. Because I mean, now I think about it, uh, Evil Dead. If it wasn't like my entryway in the horror, it had to be one of like the very first franchises that I saw. It really got me into horror because initially I never. I remember having a kind of aversion earlier in my life to horror movies, like not really understanding the appeal, being scared, like not really understanding why you go to a movie to see the things you don't want to see, per se. But I feel like when I saw the Evil Dead movies, and it must have been shortly after I saw Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies, that it kind of clicked for me in a, in a strange way where I was like, oh, horror movies and comedies are not to a verse. like I, I always understood the appeal of comedies but like I never really got that they are both this form of release until I saw the way that Sam Raimi was able to weave them in so masterfully or rather so uh you know beautifully with these uh Evil Dead movies in particular Evil Dead 2 but even Evil Dead 1 I, I I still have quite a fondness for I do too I think I mean Evil Dead
1: the first one I think is still probably like one of the best like I guess renegade horror movies, if you will, that was like, you know, that really like made a splash outside of the studio system. I'd say maybe second to like the original Texas chainsaw massacre. Um, like that movie still absolutely is like, it still feels transgressive, like to this day. Uh, like there's something that feels almost dangerous about it. Um, Mm -hmm. which I mean, which obviously like it's been well documented, of course, like the, the production was hell and like, it was a really, really grueling shoot and they had no money. Um, but like you know, it's still there's still something that feels like dangerous and sort of like you're literally opening a book of the dead watching <laughs> that movie, and so I appreciate it's it's rough around the edges for sure. And of course, I think like you said, the the formula really crystallized with Evil Dead Two. Like that's probably my favorite horror comedy of all time because the horror and the comedy are so like sort of neck and neck. They don't like like. I like horror comedy as a subgenre, but often like it tips the scales towards comedy most of the time. So like to have one that's genuinely scary and funny, like at the same time, I think is impressive. And then of course, army of darkness went way into like, like a Chuck Jones cartoon (laughs) version of the evil dead. But I, I still do love that movie very, very much. Um, surprisingly, and we'll get into the 2013 one probably because I feel like there's a lot of hand in hand with evil dead rise in regards to the Fidel Vera's version. But, um, Surprisingly, I didn't come to Evil Dead till either late high school or early college. My my sort of horror entryway, like when I was a kid, was like the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Like I watched that probably like too young. A friend of mine, his dad had like all of them on VHS, so like I'd sleep over and we'd like watch all of them. Um, I, my, weirdly enough, my introduction to Evil Dead. This is going to sound strange. Is for a while they made a couple video games, uh, and then they made one for the Xbox. I think it was called Hail to the King. I want to say, um, and that was my first entry. in Evil Dead was playing that game as Ash with a chainsaw, just like ripping deadites to, to shreds.
0: Yeah, and I think they are still making uh, games because I just yes. I actually got the uh, the chance to see um, Bruce Campbell back uh, a week ago on Wednesday of last week, uh, oh, which is fitting timing uh, with the movie coming out this past Friday as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was mentioning that obviously he's retired from playing the characters at this point, but he's still playing it in voice form with a a game or an upcoming game of some sort so there
1: was a new game that came out last year and it's sort of like if you ever played the friday the 13th game where it was like a you know seven it's like seven v one or something like that where like you're all the campers and somebody's jason um this is a lot like that Uh, i think it's more like a a three v four sort of setup but like you're either ash or like characters from Army of Darkness and then like somebody is the like the deadite and you're you're trying to like wreck the rest of the players. It's a pretty fun game, actually. Um so but neither here nor there. But yeah, that's that's a good good point. He is still it's definitely his voice, unmistakably, when you play that game. You're like, yeah, that's Bruce Campbell.
0: But I'm glad you brought up The video game and just the continuing legacy of that film, because it's something I think about a good bit, especially this past week, where, um, you know, you you brought up Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and that's a film where it has sort of a similar kind of lo-fi, low-budget feel, where it's like that one, like, it's almost like you're watching something—you feel like you're watching something you shouldn't be watching. Like, it's so perversely real— to the point where yeah it is almost voyeuristic and i feel like there is some of that in the original Evil Dead, but there also is a sort of like diy feel to it like you there's So much skill, so much craftsmanship, so much early potential built into Sam Raimi's first film. But there is also that sense like you're watching it where it's like you almost feel like you can make one of these movies. Like it feels like if you had the means and the creativity, like you and your friends could pull something off. And I think that is part of the the enduring legacy as well is that there is that that recurring sense of like the story is so contained and it has such a economic way of presenting itself and, and working through limitations that the 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 flaws even become sort of the charms of it and i think that that also adds to the fact that like not only can it often be genuinely scary or genuinely funny but it also just has that sense of like you're kind of both amazed by the craftsmanship of it and you also kind of feel like man it, it makes you feel inspired. Like, I could do something like this. I could make a film and kind of make it to lease Because there's a very, like, working class feel to it. Like, it, it was made mm-hmm. on a shoestring budget. They really kind of pulled off against all odds at the the film. And I think that, that it has to do somewhat in part with the reoccurring uh, and enduring legacy of the film
1: absolutely oh i mean the even after the first one there were a ton of like evil dead knockoffs that came out just in the wake of people feeling incredibly inspired you know everything from like the higher end of the uh, oh they did really good with the special effects something like demon wind to like oh wow they missed the mark entirely but they definitely had the ingenuity of just something like things from 1989 like there's there's a wide spectrum of of people who like like you said felt inspired yeah. by this movie it definitely happened and i think you're right that legacy still carries through i think it even still carries through to like this movie that we're about to talk about as well as the 2013 iteration because i feel like that's sort of Ramy's mo like you know bruce campbell's retired from playing the character as you already mentioned and i'm pretty sure sam Ramy doesn't really have interest in directing another evil dead movie but he's certainly um Sort of doing what he probably wished he would have had. As much as like the Evil Dead was a success, you know, we we've noted it's a, it was a grueling production that he sort of had. Like he's that guide to like these up and coming filmmakers to make these versions. I think that's pretty standard or, or pretty similar across both Evil Dead twenty thirteen and Evil Dead Rise. where you have these like filmmakers who have a vision and Sam Raimi's like, hey, like come over mm-hmm. here and I'll like sort of shepherd it into uh, you know what you need to do.
0: Yeah, I mean. Definitely I think there is something to be said about like kinda the torch passing quality of as you mentioned the twenty thirteen Evil Dead. Uh in the way that like that was also Fede Alvarez's directorial debut. That was like his way of mm-hmm. kinda being like, Here, I'm gonna give you this platform to kinda you know, make it the way I did, uh, maybe a little bit more directly than he did, but like in a way that's like, he's trying to shepherd new, uh, promising horror talent. And you certainly get the vibe from this film that he's like, he's picking a director, I guess is a little bit more established. I believe it's an Irish filmmaker named Lee Cronin. Uh, Lee Cronin. Yeah. Who, yeah. who made, um, I believe it's called the Hole in the Ground. Uh, not too it long is, ago, yeah, which I have not seen. Uh, admittedly, I, I wanted I. to try and hopefully catch
1: up with it prior to this recording, but I've not seen it. I've heard it's good. Um, I think it's one of those movies that I—I uh, I hate the term. We've probably talked about this every time I've been on the show, but I think it probably fits into that like box of elevated horror that people try to like. I, from my understanding, it's a pretty slow burn kind of kind of movie. So. Um, right. Again, not having seen it, but that's sort of my assumption about the movie, which I thought made it interesting, like at least an interesting juxtaposition with Evil Dead, where it's like you're coming into a franchise that is known for getting very, very wet and very, very bloody. Um, So it was interesting coming – like a filmmaker who made a movie tonally probably the opposite of something like Evil Dead Rise and then comes and makes this movie.
0: Yeah, because I mean that's kind of the interesting thing about this film to jump into it more directly is that – yeah, obviously there was talk of making a sequel to the 2013 Evil Day. It sounds like you like it, but have some reservations about that film. Uh, is that fair to say? That is fair to say. Yeah, um, I like it, and I, I think that you know it's it's
1: rare for a horror franchise to not have like a bad entry. Like even though I have some reservations with the 2013 one, the these sheer I think filmmaking athleticism in the movie cannot be denied. Like uh, it's really well crafted, and even though I have issues with, I I think a lot of my issues with 2013 Evil Dead is not in the the filmmaking. Like the craft is certainly there. It's not even really in some of the performances. Like I think Jane Levy is pretty solid in the movie. It's in the script and the dialogue uh, in that movie. Like the dialogue is sort of notoriously bad in the 2013 one, and the characters do sort of dumb things because they have to like like right. the, like uh, lou taylor poochie's character just reading the book because like they found it like yeah i remember like even it still sticks in my craw every time i watch that movie or i'm just like it couldn't have found some way to have this sort of organically happen but um but i do like uh the one thing i did like about the 2013 one which i think does have a little bit of an edge over the others because the others sort of become a little goofball-ish, which is totally fine. I think I love it. that Sam Raimi's MO. But I like that they tried to, like, have a sort of, like, they, they sort of, like, took, like, the drug addiction element, like Jane Levy's character's, uh, you know, there to detox, and essentially so she's, like, hurt her th- friends in some capacity by being an addict. And so, like, I thought weaving that drug addiction... Est- into the story, into that, like, sort of idea of, like, literally overcoming your demons. Little on the nose, but I thought it was a fresh, like, take for the series. Um, like I said, I have issues with the dialogue and the, and the the some of the characterizations, but I do think that there's something there. And it's a, it, like, it's a fun, it was a fun theater-going experience. Oh, like, I remember, I'll, I'll yeah. say that. Like, yeah, the, the theater-going experience was a blast. And I, I would probably equate, you know, I'm sure we'll tip shortly here into evil dead rise proper, but I would equate it. I would equate that probably favorably in terms of like it being a, a who to the theatrical experience for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, I definitely, cause I, I remember the theatrical experience for that film very vividly. I was in college. I was, I remember being really excited. Cause it was like, this is like the first, I know it wasn't evil dead proper, but it was like the first evil dead movie. Um, More or less in my lifetime because Army of Darkness came out the year I was born. So it was Mm. like, yeah, yeah, like I can finally see an Evil Dead movie. I know it's not proper, but like Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi produced it. They're like kind of shepherding it. And it was also just fun to be like, okay, obviously I love. The comedy in the Evil Dead movies, but kind of was getting defined by that comedy because of Army of Darkness, and it's like this is our chance to kind of return to the the, the true, genuine uh, horror of that first movie. That's you know what audiences really responded to when that that first came out, and like For kind sure. of revamping it. And it, it's yeah, I mean by Evil Dead standards, I mean it's certainly a little lesser than the other ones, to be sure. But by you know modern contemporary horror remake standards it's certainly i think above a lot of the things that uh say michael bay's production company platinum yeah games, put out. i was gonna say especially <laughs> at that time 2013
1: like we've had some good horror remakes in the last few years like suspiria for example right. but like for 2013 yeah absolutely uh, you know when you compare it to like the texas chainsaw from 2004 or god the 2010 nightmare on elm street which is just trash like mm. you know like Evil Dead 2013 is a cut above those like head sure. and shoulders, especially when you get in that third act. Like, uh, I'm glad you set the scene because I, I had just graduated college, uh, like a couple months before then. I, I graduated a couple months early, and so I was back in my hometown, uh, the Portland area, and so. It was before I had... I was writing for a site at the time, but it was before I had press credentials, so I was one of those people who you see at a press screening, you know, who print out the tickets from GoFobo and they sit in the line and they go... I was that person for a few months. Um, but I did that with Evil Dead, so I saw it a couple days before it came out at a, at a packed theater in, in Portland, and it was like... Yeah, it was a great experience, especially when you get into that final leg of the movie where it's like literally raining blood and it's the chainsaw-like battle. It's like, man, like... the. Th- th- truly a craftsman like like Fede Alvarez like I'm, yeah. um like what a find it's funny actually speaking of college because we're talking about tangentially Cheerio. related stuff yeah, yeah. um i think it was i don't remember which class it was that i took but like my my degree is in film and video production and um the it was my junior year i think where we watched some shorts uh, i think it might have been like film composition and we watched Fede Alvarez's short panic attack the one that put him on the map um, that sort of got Sam Raimi's attention so I thought that was like pretty funny after the fact where I'm like I was like why do I know this director's name he's never done a movie right look at his IMDB it was like oh panic I was like I've seen that short um so um yeah so that was pretty cool yeah
0: I'll have to check that I actually have not seen that short I only think I've seen anything else Fede Alvarez direct outside of Don't Breathe
1: well I I did see Don't Breathe is good. I actually like don't breathe better than evil Dead 2013, but I, I did see more or less agree. I think. Yeah. But I did see, uh, it was the girl in the spider's web. He Oh, did, like, that's right. He did. Yeah. That, yeah. It's not very good. <laughs> Although it's, I mean, it's not, yeah. we're not going to dog leg it into that no. discussion, but yeah, that movie's not very
0: good. <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, yeah, I never got around to seeing that. I kind of forgot it came out and I forgot that he, uh, directed that, but I don't know. Maybe he'll do, better thing at some point but anyway i he's know he's doing that, an alien um, movie sorry oh, i to interrupt right? you no, yeah, no no yes
1: it was because we're recording uh right here on the 27th so yesterday was alien day 426 oh, um yeah. and i had totally forgotten that he was like i i knew but like Subconsciously, like I had forgotten, but then I saw on Instagram somewhere that was like he posted like a slate and and something, and I was like, oh, that's right, he's doing the the alien movie. I think unfortunately it's a straight to Hulu thing, Mm. the way that Prey was, Prey was, yeah, yeah, which is a bummer. But I'm curious to see what he does for sure.
0: So is yeah. the Blumkamp one, Neil Blumkamp one, is that officially dead or is it's that dead in like, the water? Okay. That ain't that ain't happened
1: <laughs> anymore, yeah. I don't think.
0: Because um, right. he did that
1: one movie like demonic, I think, or oh what was yeah, that movie then, called?
0: Uh yeah, he has Grand Turismo, I think, coming out as well. That's right, uh, he yeah. is doing
1: the Grand Turismo. That's. That's bonkers. I,
0: yeah, <laughs> but I never saw anyway. demonic. But I don't know. I, I heard it wasn't very good. But in any case, yeah. Um, not to to shift uh, too far off topic. There, uh, I know that Evil Dead Rise. I think it started as a sequel to the 2013 Evil Dead, and I'm not quite sure when it morphed into this. Because like the fa the fascinating thing about this one is that it's more of I guess a reboot than a remake or even like a sequel. But it has kind of like See it, it, you could imagine this is almost like what happened if the deadites just kind of got tired of ash and we're just like let's like torture some other people and it's also kind of uh a remake in a sense of like all right we're going to take the 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 book out of the cabin for once and like kind of see what happens when it's in like a rise apartment as the the title suggests um and kind of play with you know like more uh lambs to slaughter and stuff like that though I will admit I thought they're going to play more with like the idea of like this being an apartment and like tons of people getting infected and having like the fight off, like, you know, like almost like old boy style, like floor upon floor of people. Like I thought that was going to be like where this is going. But I think because this was uh, originally supposed to be like an HBO max production, like it was going to go streaming before it went to theaters. Like, I think it wasn't, Really designed as being more than what it is, which is a pretty small, contained like continuation for the franchise, a way to kind of keep the thing going, but uh, I don't think it had any real delusions of grandeur, but it tested well. And uh, uh, Zasloff was just like, well, we got to put this thing in theaters, but we can make money off of this. Uh, so, I mean, I'm happy for that. I mean, I, yeah. I think it plays.
1: I, I have my yeah. issues with Zasloff, but him pivoting to theatrical is not one of them. Um, right. So that's that's one thing I will I will give that man credit for. And that that seems to be a pretty common occurrence because that happened with Smile over at Paramount. That yeah. was supposed to be a Paramount Plus a uh, movie and then it tested through the roof and then it made like $200 million worldwide. So. Yeah. I think,
0: um, I was reading that it was the most profitable movie of 2022 because it made like a hundred plus million in profit because it was yeah. like only like $5 million to make. And so, yeah, I mean, it just now, obviously as we're seeing from like CinemaCon stuff, like studios are flocking to theatrical presentation and kind of, uh, ditching, uh, a lot of their streaming plans. So this is kind of uh, a, yeah. one of the many uh, examples of how uh, streaming titles are kind of being pushed into theaters. And in this case, I think it sounds like we're both uh, of the opinion that's for the better. Um, definitely. Wanna... Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no,
1: sorry. I want to cut you off there, but um, no, it was definitely for the better because I thought this was a really good theatrical experience. And I, I unfortunately didn't see um, another, a movie that was supposed to be to HBO max and they pivoted to theatrical at the zero hour, which was magic Mike's last dance, um, which I will eventually see. Cause I do like the first two movies. I just haven't gotten there. Um, but I did talk to a couple friends who saw it in the theater and they noted like the sound mixing of that movie, for example, though, like you could tell it was made for streaming. Like they didn't really do anything to change it for theatrical. And with evil dead rise, for me, it, it felt like the opposite. Um, where, like the sound mixing, I thought was great. Like, it played really well in the auditorium that I was watching the movie in. Um, like, visually, it was really, really well done. Like, it, I didn't feel like it being a streaming movie that pivoted to theatrical dampened like the theatrical experience of the movie. Like the sound mix was great and the, the visuals were great. And, you know, of course, like you said, I, I kind of was hoping for like the, uh, evil dead meets the raid, I think might be a fair, like, uh, uh, comparison of what you were talking to, where they're like fighting floor to floor.
0: Um, Perfect comparison. I'll say that that's spot on.
1: Well, maybe, I mean, this movie's doing well, so maybe we'll get a sequel and then they can expand and and do that. Um, but, like, because the series is so, um, like, other than Army of Darkness, like, all of them are low budget. Like, Army of Darkness was clearly the biggest budgeted of these movies. Um, but, like, everything is so contained about them that, like, it fit the spirit of the series. So, like, I didn't feel like it being a streaming movie pivoting was like a a dampened it in any way. Um, Like it it felt like this was the presentation that was meant to be seen. Um, So yeah, I didn't, I didn't really feel that necessarily.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, the sound in particular is what kind of surprised me as far as like, it's amazing to me that this was uh, once intended to only be on streaming because it just, it has such a crisp, unmistakable sound that, like, it, it does feel very fitting for the the surround sound, the 5.1 surround sound you get in a uh, theatrical setting. But, yeah, I mean, outside of the presentation, we should just talk about the film itself. Um, I don't know if there's a whole lot to really dive into in terms of story, but uh, the, the broad, very broad strokes of it would be that we follow, um, I think it's uh, Lily Sullivan's character, who is this uh, groupie, Well, not groupie, I should say. Uh, She's very clear throughout the movie that she's not a groupie. (laughs) She's like a band tech uh, who um, is just finding out that uh, she's pregnant and she has her reservations about settling down and kind of going outside the rock and roll lifestyle she has. But she has a sister, uh, an older sister who has settled down. She's a single mom, but she has three kids and seems to be, you know, kind of a, a punk rock Personality yourself, but she is very loving, caring, supporting mom. And uh upon visiting her, they uh you know, go uh, into their apartment, and uh, during a unexpectedly eventful pizza run, there's an earthquake that happens, which unlocks for some reason the Nepragomicon. It has been forged underneath this apartment building uh, in the middle of uh, California or uh, Los Angeles, I believe. Well, it um, used to be
1: like an old bank, like like bank, almost like yeah. Al Capone's vault sort of thing. Yeah. So it's like there's like a bank vault, um, mm-hmm. and within that vault, someone was like, "Oh, this is pure." Evil, so we need to yeah. lock this up. And but yeah, inexplicably, yeah. they come across it in this earth, yeah.
0: And uh, you know, kids being kids decide to open up a book, uh, you know, bad things ensue from there, and uh, some lessons are learned, uh, some deadly <laughs> lessons, I suppose. Um, the, the real journey was the deadites we met along the way, yeah, right. <laughs> Sometimes you need, you need to meet a few deadites to learn to love life. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I'll start with you, of course. Um, I know we have obviously kind of dived deep into our love of not only horror, but the Evil Dead franchise. Obviously, we're both fans. Uh, first, did you have any expectations for this one going into it? And then from there, what was your reaction to the film? I didn't have any
1: expectations. Of course, it was a new Evil Dead movie, so I was very excited. And um, we should also note, not only was this a streaming movie that did get pivoted to a theatrical release, but it did have its debut a couple weeks ago at South by Southwest, Um, which, great festival. love South by Southwest. However, um, which is funny, I think the first time I was on this episode, we talked about Pet Cemetery, which I saw at South by Southwest. um, Oh, yeah. You know, for anyone listening who isn't, like, aware of sort of, like, the festival or maybe, like, some inside baseball, it's a very hyped festival. Like, it's a very fun festival to be at, but everybody comes out of that festival, like, super-duper hyped. So, sometimes you have to take that hype with a little bit of a grain of salt, like, when it comes to yeah. it. Like, you know, like everyone's, Pet cemetery. Yeah. This, oh, go ahead.
0: Everyone's so, drinking. They, they might have heat stroke. Mm-hmm. The stars are there. You're, you're, you're running on low sleep and uh high energy so sometimes things get a little overhyped uh you know yes. like i remember i'll never forget um the incredible burt wonderstone which i believe came out the same year that uh, the <laughs> evil dead remake came out was being hyped uh out of south by southwest as like the next comedy smash and uh i don't think there's a lot that needs to be said about incredible burt wonderstone but comedy smash it is not no, it is not. I've I've rarely thought
1: about that movie since I saw it, outside of watching the new Dungeons and Dragons, and and uh, uh, those directors having done Bert Wonderstone have gone on to do like that and Game Night, and so I was like, oh, like this is shocking that the guys who made Burt Wonderstone have gone on to do really good stuff. But, yeah,
0: um, uh, I think they wrote it. Oh, they I, I wrote who, it. Yeah, I, I forget who
1: directed. I You're mean, right. I'm not going to look it up because they directed the vacation reboot, which is That's also right, equally yes. pretty bad, but yeah, uh,
0: even worse, I'd say
1: <laughs> I would say so, too. Yes. Yeah, but either yeah. way, we're not talking about those movies. But um, but long story short, like I was here for Pet Cemetery, Right. And like you said, people are <laughs> it might be dehydrated and drinking I was very toasty by the time I got to that screening of Pet Cemetery, I will not lie. So, like, I, I definitely was into the movie, because the crowd was into the movie, and it sort of fed my experience. The more I thought about that movie as time has gone on, I'm like, mm, it's really not that great. Um, but, you know, but Evil Dead Rise, of course, had a really rapturous response coming out of the festival. And so I... I still kept those expectations at bay, though, because I'm like, it's South by Southwest. Like, keep in mind, it's South by Southwest. Like, uh, everyone's super amped for that that festival. But I was still excited to see the movie. So I did not have any expectations going into it. Um, and, but honestly, those reviews kind of stayed. Like, even as, like, you know, more and more people reviewed the movie, it was, like, really well received. So I tried to keep my expectations just just here. and uh, and, and I'd say they were met. Like, for sure, I think this movie is really fun. I think it's it's like Evil Dead 2013. I would say this movie's a hoot of a theatrical experience. If you're going to see this movie, you should absolutely go see it in a the theater. You should absolutely see it with a the crowd. There are certain sequences that are going to make your skin crawl. Um, I'm not one of those people who, like, audibly makes noises or reacts into a movie, but, like, I did in this movie. Uh, uh, I'll just say it involves a cheese grater. And uh, that was <laughs> an audible experience. And I saw this in the middle of the day in Scappoose, Oregon with like eight people. And I was like audibly like, oh, no, like, <laughs> like I, I'm i not that person usually, but I let that, that sound out. Um, but I think the movie is a blast. And I do think that unlike 2013, I think there's like it's a better, probably tighter script than that movie. Um, but I will say... With that being said, outside of the setting change, uh, which I do think adds something to it, um, it's a lot of like what you would expect from the Evil Dead series. Like it plays the hits. It's really like gory. There's a lot of really great like camera work. and um, I will say uh, one thing that's missing in 2013 that is a little bit reinstated in this movie is some of the humor that we're known for. Like darkly so, but like there's some really funny like darkly funny bits in this movie that I was actually like, I, I think it's in the trailer. So it's not really a spoiler to say, but um, their mother, cause she's like locked out of the building for like a certain amount of time when she's like through the people, and she's like trying to get the youngest daughter to like to, to convince her to let her in. It's like, well, sounds like you just need a big old hug. Like, <laughs> like, uh, it made me laugh super hard. Like I, I saw it in the trailer, but like the context of the movie added a lot to it. So there's a lot of humor that's reinstated in this movie, but I, I feel like I've talked way too long. Did you, Will, as a fan of the series, have any expectations going in? Um, like what were your sort of like, what, what were you, what were you expecting?
0: Yeah, I mean, weirdly, I feel like my expectations were kind of in check with this one, at least compared to the 2013 one, where I just remember being like rapturously hyped. I was really into the trailer. I was just really psyched to see a a Evil Dead movie in theaters. I saw that one at midnight. There was a ton of people in the audience. Everyone was like reacting audibly, and it was just a good, fun time. Now, I did um, recently. I haven't. I I, when I was uh, preparing for this episode, I was starting to rewatch the 13 or 2013 one uh, just out of curiosity. Cause I, I, like the film and I still do. And I was just curious to see if it held up. And I think like you said, visually it does in terms of the writing, there are definitely some lines that are groan inducing. One of my favorites upon this rewatch uh, is when they discover the basement and like they, they smell the um, the, the carcasses boil or, you know, starting to fest through and they, they, Uh, pull the carpet back and there's like a trail of blood. The one guy goes, is that blood? (laughs) It's just like, stuff like that. (laughs) Um, And then like when they discover like these, like, you know, voodoo center in the basement, it's like, I don't know. I think this is witchcraft. It's just like stuff like that. There's just like, you know, I, I, I get that the original evil dead it uh, didn't have maybe the, the absolute best dialogue. Anymore. It's not Shakespearean uh, in its approach, but I think it was a lot more restrained in that respect. I, I agree with you that I think from a writing perspective, this definitely feels a little bit more uh, well-rounded. I think it's the characters are better fleshed out, uh, and I agree with you uh, in particular about the way that the film is able to, to infuse the, the comedy a little bit more. It's certainly a more darkly comedic tone compared to the 2013 one, which, while it also has some darkly comedic moments, I think went out of its way to be understandably its own thing and try to be a lot darker, a lot bleaker, a lot, uh, you know, gloomier in its outlook and mm-hmm. uh, visual presentation. Um, I, I will say, I think this one is it may, maybe a little uneven in that regard. I think it's still more serious than not. I wish agree. I, yeah, I think that's probably one of my bigger complaints is that, like, I wish... It allowed itself the freedom to be a little bit more lighthearted. It doesn't need to be an outright farce like uh, Army of Darkness is, but I, I do think it infused enough humor throughout that it made me kind of long for it when it would go for long stretches of uh, being serious, especially when it comes to the character beats. Like, I, I feel like some of those moments can get a little monotonous in terms of how seriously they're presented, knowing that a lot of them are, you know, uh, going to be. Uh, vessels for the deadites to come uh but yeah i mean i i think the performances are generally pretty good my one complaint with that is that a lot of the cast is australian and i feel bad for like the youngest actress who i could definitely tell she was struggling with that american accent uh throughout the film but also like the lead actress i could tell was like her australian accent would come out at weird times as well and Mm -hmm. even some of the other kids uh and also, I mean, I don't know, I, I I agree with you that it doesn't, I don't think, do as much to differentiate itself from other Evil Dead movies in a way that I was a little disappointed by only in the sense that the, the premise and the trailer seemed to suggest that they were really going to try to, like, push this more in a different direction. Like, play the, the beats as you're... Uh, Suggesting, but also like kind of expanding, like, okay, we're going to have actual children really be in this and like we're going to get like new perspectives to that. kind of make them scarier in a different way than we've seen with the other ones. And so when it didn't really, I I guess, play any differently in those, it it did leave me a little underwhelmed. But at the same time, I think it's got everything that you really want out of uh, an Evil Dead movie. It's like we say, it is funny throughout. It is exceptionally gory as you would hope uh it is it is generally pretty creepy and uh you know your skin will crawl with the sound design in particular but there is just some really inspired visuals obviously a lot of love paid to uh Sam Raimi and his original uh crew for what they accomplished with their original films but also I mean there is just like some really fun inspired touches I I I think the title drop in particular is just uh is just so fun and so well done. and maybe the highlight of the film, to be honest. Yeah, that that
1: really, like, won me over, sort of. Because, like, we, um, you know, again, without, like, spoiling it too much. Like, the movie has sort of bookends. Like, it's got a prologue and an epilogue that involve characters that really aren't consequential to what's happening in, in the movie. And so, like, on the surface, I was like, oh, well, this is sort of, like, sequel bait or or something. Like, I, I don't know what I would call it necessarily. But it was just sort of like... Like in any other regard I would be like, well, this is kind of unnecessary. But like, yeah, when that title drops in in the sky, uh I'll say it is like I was like, that's incredible. Um, you know, I was like, you know what, all is forgiven at that point. Um but I do agree with a lot of what you're saying. Like, I'm I'm not gonna fault the actors, especially like the young actors, like, because I feel like they're they're doing the best they can, but yeah, definitely in in the in the the younger girl, like her Australian accent accent slips up quite a bit throughout the movie like very noticeably um and i also won't fault the movie for this but it is one of those things where it's like if you go to the movies a lot like you and i do will like you you see the same trailers for the same movies like over and over again until the movies actually come out and i will say unfortunately i think a lot of the good stuff in this movie is given away in the red band trailer for the movie uh which i did see in front of like a bunch of things in the last couple months so again not the movie's fault because they're done really really well but it was like oh there wasn't really any surprises going into the movie uh unfortunately but i do think it builds well um because we at least get to know these characters um you know i really sort of liked the um the sort of introduction to to the mother and like the three kids it's almost like a like a almost like boogie nights like it reminded me of like the the opening of boogie nights where like the tracking shot goes through maybe i'm the only sure. person who's compared evil dead rise i to was boogie gonna nights. say uh
0: <laughs> not a comparison that i was expecting but certainly one i will welcome at any time <laughs> but
1: you know but like we get we get a sense of like it like you know it's economical right that's in the spirit of the series to be economical. Like it tells you exactly these characters and who there are and what their situation is. It wastes no time introducing them and like everything that's going on between them before getting into all the the squishy red stuff. Um, and I and I know it's such a like like a, a I don't know like like a nitpick, but like um I did at least appreciate the catalyst for the Book of the Dead being red. I feel was like baked in the narrative better than the 2013 one. Like at least oh, yeah. it made much more sense. Right. It's like, yeah. you're a 17 year old ish, 16, 17, whatever the, mm-hmm. the, 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 like non-binary, um, yeah. older child, uh, was, but, but they're a DJ. Um, and so it's like, of course they're like, Oh, well, we found the book of the dead and all these old records. So like, of course I'm going to want to spin that. It just it just made more sense than like the twenty thirteen where like hey we're just gonna read the book because the movie has to happen <laughs> so yeah uh, like I appreciated that element for sure I know it's a small nitpick but I was right. I was grateful for it
0: I mean I will say um, I feel like the records was maybe a little um, maybe convoluted in terms of how they, they incorporate themselves into the plot, but in a way that I'm willing to forgive. Like, it's kind of like, I, you need to get this across somehow. I mean, I, I, I can understand not having, uh, you know, a v- original kind of cassette player around for the kids uh, to play uh, the instructions. Did you catch um Bruce Campbell's cameo, by the way, his voice cameo? I actually did
1: not, even though I looked oh, okay. at the credits after the fact and saw that, he was listed i was like i didn't catch it i must just be blind or deaf i guess like cuz i know it's a voice cameo but no, oh, no. I yeah it. i mean
0: um like it, it was one of those cameos i like i clocked like i don't know i'm really bad at recognizing like voices until like I see the name, like the same thing happened with me with um. Bo's afraid. I won't give away that cameo if people haven't seen it yet. But <laughs> I know um, who you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> not until I saw their face, I was like, oh yeah, it's like that. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I do. I remember recognizing the voice. And be like, why did I recognize uh, his voice? And obviously, it was uh, Bruce Campbell. And I, I, I saw that uh, Lee Cronin suggested that this is like trying to kind of play homage in a sense of, like. Ash could absently still be stuck in a time vault and, you know, uh, you know, still trying to convince people in multiple timelines that uh, the Book of the Dead is out and can't be uh, reckoned with, which is intriguing, to be sure, but um, also kind of sad for poor Ash. But uh, <laughs> nonetheless, um, oh, did you ever watch Ash vs. Evil Dead? I forgot to ask you that before. That's a good question. I watched, like, the first couple
1: episodes and I, I, I feel like a bad... Like fan of the series, mm. but I, I had a hard time getting into it. Maybe oh, I'll really? go back and revisit it, but yeah, yeah, I don't know what it was. I I felt like off put by it. Like like it almost felt too try hard. But like I said, mm. I I got plenty of friends who have recommended the series wholeheartedly. So I'm like, you know what? I'll I'll give it another shake one of these days because it lasted what like three seasons. So I like think, I'm, yeah. I'm sh- sure there's more to to get into. But uh, yeah, I was I just I couldn't get into it for whatever reason.
0: I do need to go back and finish it. I've only seen the first season. I never had stars, so it was hard for me to watch it. Yeah, Um, same. But I really enjoyed it. I especially loved uh, Sam Raimi's pilot, so I was um, a little bit more favorable, I'll I'll admit. But uh, yeah, nevertheless, um, as far as Evil Dead Rise is concerned, yeah, I mean, I I do think even outside of the trailer, um, it is... I don't know if you've seen one Evil Dead movie. I think you kind of know what's going to happen here. It doesn't really rock the boat too much in terms of plot, which is fine. Like we said, it was designed to be kind of a, a streaming exclusive, so I kind of get that it wasn't really trying to like reinvent the formula in any particular way. But there is enough here that that suggests that they can play with the format, and I imagine that Lee Cron's pitch was probably. Uh, maybe a little bit more uh, inventive than maybe what we saw in the final product. But like, yeah, I just, I I do think there is a lot here. And even if it's not maybe the most memorable uh, evil dead movie to come, it's still, there are no bad, in my view, there are no bad evil dead movies. I think they all just kind of have that charm and wit. I mean, maybe not the same DIY charm of the original, but certainly just that, that, that winsome quality uh, of meshing horror and comedy and just uh playfulness and goofiness and certainly blightiness that, that just makes them very ir- irresistible, uh, especially as horror fans. And I think this is no exception, even if it's not like the one I'm probably going to remember most when I think back on uh, evil dead movies uh, in, in the future. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm in agreement like to,
1: to, to have a series like, Outside of horror, even, just a series, period. Like, let's just throw that out there. To have no bad entry in the series is, like, really impressive. But, like, especially when you drill down in horror, for sure. Because I I can't think of another horror series that doesn't have, like, a bad entry. Like, even my beloved Nightmare on Elm Street, like I said, like, there's a couple that stink. Like, remake's terrible. Freddy's Dead is terrible. Like, there's, there's some bad ones, you know. So, it's, like, um it's very rare to have that happen. So, like, we... We shouldn't uh, look a gift horse in the mouth like we should like it's one of those things where, like you said, it doesn't rock the boat. It doesn't really do anything different, but it does the formula and it does it well. There's a couple good surprises. There's a sense of humor to the movie that was sorely missing in the 2013 one. I do think the setting change in the high rise does go a long way. Do they do as much with it as we would like? No, but like it's nice that they have it. Um, You know, I I, will will you know not spoil the last act of the movie but i think there's some like great fun homages to other movies i think specifically the shining for sure is the easy like sort of target there Uh, as well as society the brian usna movie um you know but like again i'm not i don't want to give that away i think people should go see the movie um but it's 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 rare to have a series where everything where it's batting a thousand. So, I give credit to Evil Dead Rise. I think it's a really fun time. I would recommend it to anybody who's a fan of horror or Evil Dead movie. I mean, if you're a fan of Evil Dead, you've probably already gone, but like if you're on the fence for any reason, like it's 100% a movie you should see. It's 100% a movie you should see in the theater um because I I do think it's 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 fun, but I I don't think you will get the same experience at home. Which again, to, not to beat a dead horse, but is so wild to me that this was going to be a streaming yeah, very movie. Ironic. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly that this was going to play at home. Like it's insane to me. I'm like this plays so much better with a crowd, um, which like is obviously clear by like the movie. I think made what almost twenty four million. Its opening weekend was second in the box office after Super Mario Brothers movie. Like. And the movie, I think, after marketing costs $19 million, both budget and marketing. So, like, I think it's yeah. already in the black. So. I think so.
0: <laughs> I mean, the fact that they make any money on it, considering that it was going to be HBO Max, should suggest that... They're, they're probably happy with what's uh, in store. I don't know if that means we'll get another Evil Dead movie in the near future. If they'll stall like the sequel to uh, the 2013 one did or what what's to come. I mean, all I can really hope for is that the they don't break the trend or buck the trend or whatever the, the terminology is uh, uh, with a, a weaker Evil Dead movie. Though, I mean, it does seem like Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell are staying close. I, I imagine they had less direct involvement with this one compared to uh, the The previous twenty thirteen. Well, I don't want to
1: cut you off there, but I noticed that they were executive producers as opposed to producers, right? uh, You know, and it wasn't Ghost Mm -hmm. House, Sam Raimi and Bob Mm Taper's company who did it. So I I think you're right. They were they were a little bit more distant involved, but more distant than twenty thirteen for sure.
0: Yeah. And that's one of the things where, especially with executive producers, I never really know if that means like they're they're offering like notes or creative input, or if it's more just kind of like we're just giving this kind of their seal of approval, and yeah, you you didn't mess it up, so uh, <laughs> congratulations. Or we're just happy to get the check. Uh, I don't know which what it is exactly, but maybe uh, it could be all three. I don't know. But um, in any case, uh, I think that's a very good wrap up. Um, I definitely agree with you about seeing a crowd, uh, particularly since um, my theatrical experience for this film was vastly different than my viewing experience for 2013, Uh, whereas where I saw that one at midnight with a crowd, this one I saw at 1 p.m. on a weekday uh, in a suburban mall Totally by myself, um, which was still a lovely experience for me, but I was kind of missing that like crowd experience of seeing it with other people and, get, and getting involved in the way that uh, I was able to with the 2013 one. I think it would have uh, benefited my experience, not that I had a bad experience with this one.
1: I would have been right there. I'm right there with you because I, I saw it this last Saturday at 3 p.m. I, I got a little twinge of nostalgia, though, because I did see it. I, I, I should preface. I saw this movie. Um, in Scappoose, Oregon, which at a movie theater called Cinema 7, which is where I worked at in high school and a little bit throughout college. Um, Me and my son went to go visit my family down in Oregon this last weekend. So they were like, okay, we're going to watch our grandson. You go do whatever. Um, Mm. So I went back to my old stomping grounds to go watch uh, Evil Dead Rise. And it was sort of like, it was nostalgic because it's like I've watched so many movies in this movie theater, specifically this auditorium. So, like, there was that. And also the theater opened, I think, in 2008. Um, and it was the first theater in Oregon to go fully digital because that was the way that things were going. So they just opened it all digital and unlike a lot of multiplexes, when you go to like an AMC or a Regal, like when people installed digital, they just stopped masking movies correctly. They almost like mad it to 185 to one. And if it is a scope projection, then it's just like, you just get the letterboxing and you have to fucking deal with it. Uh, sorry, I just swore. I know we're not supposed to swear on the show. I apologize. Um, but um, leave that out if you have to. But um, because this was built with that in mind, the masking is proper. So whether you're watching the movie in one, eight, five to one or um one to two, three, nine, uh it, it all does. So like the movie was in scope. And so like the curtain expanded and it was all matted properly. And so it was like, ah, I missed this. <laughs> like, cause not every theater does this anymore. So, uh, you know, we have our qualms with the movie. We've already just discussed, but like the experience of watching this movie was like a warm blanket. So it was nice.
0: <laughs> yeah uh definitely agree with you there as far as like it's just always i'm always going to be comforted i hope by experience of seeing a new evil dead movie uh on the big screen and i hope that's a uh, experience i continue to have for years to come but uh any other notes you uh have about the film before we play the rotten tomatoes game uh no not really
1: i think uh like i said i think it's worth watching i have said my piece like yeah yeah go see it it's it's worth right. it's a fun time
0: definitely agree have you been spoiled on the rotten Tomatoes score yet I have not, no. All right. So that'll be fun. All right. Uh, So I'll let you guess. Out of 177 reviews, what do you think the current critic score is for Evil Dead Rise? Oh, man. I don't know. Let me think. Okay. So
1: I know I saw what it was out of like South By, which was like 96%, something like that. Uh, which is absurdly high. I do not think it's that way. But I don't think it's as low as 2013, which I think had like a 63 or 64, which also we should note, Evil Dead 2013 also played at South by Southwest, had a super hyped, and then sort of dropped a little bit once uh, everybody else reviewed it. But I'm going to say it's got to be like high 70s, low 80s. I'm going to play it safe. I'm going gonna, gonna to say 80. 80? Yeah.
0: You are... Not far off. It is currently at 84%. Okay. So That's certified fresh. Um, I don't know if I, I didn't look up how many other Evil Dead movies are certified fresh, but um I would I hope at least all Evil Dead two.
1: Except for Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think one, two, uh,
1: and Army Darkness, maybe. I don't know. I didn't look them up either, but
0: it's hard to say because I know the initial reaction to Army Darkness, I feel is kind of critical like i feel like got mixed in negative reviews it did the original run of critics yeah
1: i think because the the combo of like the fans of the evil dead movies were like what the hell and then just general critics were like what the hell like like it yeah. was sort of because like it was dino de Laurentiis um and yeah. it was distributed by paramount it was sort of like dark man became uh, an on- universal ex- you, oh sorry universal thank you yeah you're right because i I was getting into that with yeah, I would <laughs> I would have figured it out. I would have self corrected. Sure. But thank you for correcting. Because yeah. uh, Dark Man was a big surprise hit, um, which like Sam Raimi and Bob Taper like kind of went behind the studio's back to cut the movie the way they wanted, um, and Universal was not happy about that. But then the movie was a hit, so they didn't really care. So um, this was Army of Darkness sort of became his carte blanche uh, movie in the wake of Dark success, and uh, I mean he yeah. took advantage of it. <laughs> that's for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah it is funny uh you brought up the studio because i'm pretty sure i mean i have to remember who distributed uh evil dead one and two but it has kind of uh you know ping pong between different studios throughout oh, the years yeah. like obviously like we said universal did army of darkness and then like sony did the 2013 remake and this is uh uh warner brothers discovery i i think it may have been a new line title but i think it's actually just warner brothers discovery um obviously it was going to go hbo max so it's just I feel like, you know, Evil Dead, kinda of similar to Necronomicon, which I agree with you. I meant to say before. Looks really cool in its new iteration here. It's kind of passing, yeah. you know, the, the blessing and the curse of the franchise uh onto different studios and and you know, kind of ensuing havoc from there. <laughs> you um, take it. No, you take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I hope that tradition continues to come. Um, how about the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh man, uh, that's right, I forgot you guys do this. Um
1: Horror audiences tend to be picky. Um I'm gonna say seventy-six.
0: Once again, you're pretty close. It is uh currently at 79%. Oh my god. So
1: I guess if we're doing prices right rolls, then I at least got yeah, close yeah. without going over. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean it certainly seems like you know, critics' audiences are responding to the film. They're liking it, getting what they wanted out of it, can't complain, and uh, you know, not far off from where we were. Absolutely. Uh, I'm of curious... our reservations.
1: I was going to say I'll be curious how it does the the uh, oh my goodness I'm curious how it does during the uh, second weekend um cuz that's like sometimes horror can stay sometimes it sinks like a stone there's not really any huge wide releases this weekend on April 28th it's sort of a calm before the storm before the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie comes out on May 5th so I'll be curious to see uh where it lands
0: Yeah I don't know um yeah cuz this week uh, I mean it's mostly uh are You There, Guys, Me, Margaret, and then, like, George Foreman film. Oh, man, uh, dude, like, oh, they've been,
1: like, I've been watching more, I, I don't watch a ton of sport. I used to watch way more sports than I do now, but, like, I've been, but the Seattle Kraken are in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, I've been watching <laughs> those games, and, um, man, they are jamming that George Foreman. <laughs> oh, really? Right down your throat. Yeah, like, ESPN mm. and, every other ad is the the freaking george foreman movies. <laughs> so uh, is we'll that see. like a
0: faith biopic
1: is that, too is i it, don't is that like a faith angle i mean the projection quality looks like it mm. is but i i don't think it is though i really don't
0: okay. but uh i wasn't sure i mean it just it kind of like from the trailer it had kind of like a like redemption quality to it that I remember I was just kind of like, is this going for like a religious vibe or it's like he cleans up his image and he like, you know, goes for the title and I don't know, I didn't know if that was what the the agenda was behind it or not. I really haven't kept close tabs on this movie. In, in honesty, uh, I feel like only like a month or two ago I was like, there's a George Foreman movie? <laughs> <laughs> some of those, I joke with my dad
1: about this because I was just down visiting of like George Foreman movie and he, um, like we're both music nuts my dad and i and so he's like what have you heard of the spinning gold movie which came out like oh, weeks yeah. ago?" yeah yeah you're right yeah, so yeah. he goes uh have you heard of that and like my go-to sort of joke i was like i heard about this movie like maybe a week bef- ago like when right. he texted me i'm like this feels like a movie that played like one of the fake trailers that played in front of tropic thunder like i'm like right. i'm not convinced this is an actual <laughs> movie that exists and and uh, i felt the same with the george foreman movie i'm like i don't think this is a real movie This feels like a tax write-off, but okay, sure.
0: (laughs) I've heard that the Spinning Gold movie you're talking about is kind of nuts, like in its badness. It's uh, one of those, when it hits streaming,
1: I would be curious to see it, for sure.
0: (laughs) Anyway, uh, to wrap up the game, uh, we have the cinema score. Do you have uh, any guesses for what that might be?
1: Uh, Oh, boy. Horror also tends to get in that CB range. I'm going to say B-. minus
0: pretty close it's a b oh, which i feel okay. like by cinema score standards i feel is kind of low like i, I don't know there's there a school of logic to where people say if it's on a it's on f it's a bad score i'm not quite there but i do agree with like a, a b anything below a b plus isn't the most uh, uh most enthusiastic response from cinema score no and so it does sound like i don't know uh yeah, compared to um, the critic and audience score we were seeing from Ratatouille, Tomatoes, it does seem like the the folks in Vegas who saw the film are maybe less enamored with it. So I don't know. That might play into your theory that it won't uh, it won't do so hot. Potentially in in the weeks to follow, but I'm I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm I'm excited for the film. I want it to do well, and uh, it's already doing well. So hopefully the trend continues. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, its
1: opening yeah. was like what 24 million. That's pretty close to what 2013 opened to. Yeah. Um, so, uh, like I said, it's it's probably already in the black. So we'll we'll definitely see for sure. But horror is always yeah. weird, man. Like people like you know horror movie could lag out and have like a C plus or like B minus cinema score. Like it, it's, it's super weird. Um, it's like the exception yep. to the rule.
0: <laughs> yeah. All the red is on the screen. We'll say, yeah, uh, <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> uh, and then to wrap things up, uh, we got the letterbox score. Uh, you might've been spoiled on this one. Cause I know you're on letterbox like I am. Uh, and if anyone, uh, listening is on letterbox, please follow Ryan. He's a great follow. Uh, I always feel like I'm, If there's any reviewer that, like, when I read reviews, I'm like nodding my head on Letterboxd, it's usually always yours. So, oh, that's very uh, kind of you. Make sure follow voice, yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, Um, I actually don't know the Letterboxd score though. I, yeah, I'm frequently on Letterboxd, but I don't know, I don't pay too much attention to the overall score. But like, it's got to be above a three at least. Um, 3.3
0: throw that out there once again pretty close but you uh, underestimated a little bit the uh, Letterboxd audience it's currently a 3.6 which is uh, solid it's quite good that uh, is it's really like good. you know like like a three and a half out of uh, five basically is the average rating on uh, three it's somewhere between three and a half and four so good stuff especially for a horror movie uh, studio horror such as this one it's fifth entry as you mentioned so yeah people are digging it for the most part and uh, hopefully you the listener enjoyed this conversation with Ryan and I about Evil Dead Rise <laughs> um i think that's uh, about it unless you have anything else to say Ryan
1: i don't no i uh, just no. as always i'm honored to to be on the show thank you for having me uh, always down to talk talk the new horror movie out and uh yeah go check out Evil Dead Rise it is uh, it's a fun time like you 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 it does what it says on the box and sometimes in this day and age like just general uncertainty in general just like i don't know like anxiety about life in general sometimes a movie doing exactly what it says on the box that you're in the mood for is exactly what you need at the moment so i would say go check it out exactly yeah
0: i agree um i feel bad because you haven't really been on a main episode with john and i in a little bit uh and i'm hoping that changes soon i also feel a little bad since that even though i do love our horror talks i do want you to feel open to uh, you know, being another you know, because I know you're not limited to just horror. I, I want you to be uh invited for a future one. So uh stake your claim or rather stake your chainsaw into uh if there's anything else coming up uh this summer, let me know. Um we'll try to get you on uh for a future episode. Is there anything in particular coming up that you're looking forward to? This summer?
1: Oh man. Um I gotta like look at the summer list to, to see because um, I don't know every single thing that's coming out. Um, I am looking forward to, um, I mean, love animation in general. So I'm looking forward to both uh, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse as well as uh, Pixar's Elemental, um, which I think is the closing night film at the Cannes Film Festival uh, just got announced. So that's pretty cool. Um, as, as someone who's read a lot of the comics, I, I am, cautiously optimistic for the flash uh, i know it just had its cinemacon premiere um people had a lot of good things to say about it but uh, you know you know i'm always uh, trepidatious about what the hype is like um so uh but those are the ones i could think of i mean I, i'm excited about the new indiana jones um, you know, I know I know everyone's a little burnt by Kingdom of the Crystal School. That's probably the sort of the general uh, consensus, but I do think that uh James Mangold has proven himself to be a pretty good filmmaker in his own right. So I, I am looking forward to that as well. Um what else? Uh well Asteroid City, of course, the new Wes Anderson movie. I just saw that trailer in front of Bo is Afraid. Uh looks very Wes oh, Anderson-y yeah. <laughs> for like to the umph degree, but uh, nevertheless, I will I will be there. Um and I think, of course, uh, I've been trying to convince my wife to do a chaotic uh, double feature in middle of July, where we go oh. see both Oppenheimer and Barbie, because <laughs> uh, I'm excited for both of those movies. But man, talk about a tone shift. So yeah. yeah. Which one are you doing first, I have to ask? Well, I mean, I feel like if you're going to do it, I mean, I feel like you got to do Oppenheimer first, almost. Because that's yes. going to be the bummer of the movie. And, exactly, and three that's hours my long.
0: <laughs> that's my logic. Exactly, you got to start with a downer and end with the upper. I I keep seeing people being like, I'm going to start with Bobby or sorry, Bobby. I'm going to start with Barbie and then go up higher. Like, do you fools? Yeah, you ignoramuses. I want the, uh, I yeah. want the palate cleanse
1: afterwards. You know, I want to. to feel good yep. after that. So. Yeah, Exactly.
0: <laughs> so uh, no matter what, we'll definitely get you on again. You're always a great guest and I'm always happy to talk with you. And uh, thank you so much for joining me for another fun conversation about the latest and the greatest in horror movies. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. From the Internet of Pennsylvania, I'm Wesh. And from Seattle, I'm Ryan Oliver. And with that, I can only say Groovy.